What's up, everyone? Welcome in. Welcome to episode 32 of WFS, The Will Ford Show. And this episode is a very special one because I actually have a co-host for this episode. So I want to welcome one of my good friends, Jordan Klipner, to The Will Ford Show. What's up, Jordan? What's going on, man? It's terrific to have you in, and you're my second guest in 32 episodes. I had one a couple episodes back, Alec. <laughs> yeah, that was. I listened to that, and that it was really. Uh, it was different. It, it was. Sure. It well, we didn't really do a very good job of preparation. It was very much on the fly. So, believe it or not, it's actually one of my top listened two episodes are you serious i think so i think it might be but we didn't really plan very well it was very much off the dome and so it was kind of all over the place but you and me we've got some good notes prepared i think we're we're gonna have a good show so let's go ahead and start with the urban meyer investigation at ohio state um okay do you think he's gonna be fired I don't think so. I think if he was going to be fired, he would have been fired already. And it's it's they've already said that he's done everything that he should have in terms of reporting. So I don't think so. Do you? Um, No, because I read his like statement he put out on like Twitter and like sent out the like press releases and stuff. Um, He sounded optimistic in his thing. Right, yeah. And it made me believe that, like, he was giving hope that he wanted to come back. And it sounded like he was, like, really, really, like, ready to come back and coach and try to win this year. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't – based on that and based on the reports that said he he did report the situation to higher-ups in the athletic department, I don't think he's going to be fired. But then again, I mean, you never know. I mean, because he is on leave, he's not allowed to contact his players right now. Right. So, I mean, you never know. I don't foresee him being fired, but, like, if he did, who would replace him? I read a, re- I read a thing from Bleacher Report a couple of days ago, and it said that they had talked to Bob Stoops, the old, oh, Oklahoma, okay. the old yeah. Oklahoma head coach. Um, I could see him being a fit, them just using the coach that they have now, like in replace of Urban. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, isn't that Ryan Day? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this, the, the Buckeyes certainly have a lot of talent, but I think coaching, like, is certainly a big, big aspect of college football. Oh, for sure. Like Coaches that's have... why, that's why Alabama is at the top every year because Nick Saban is so good. Ohio mm-hmm. State's been good the last few years because they've had Urban Meyer. Michigan's starting to get good again because they have John Harbaugh. Like coaching is a really big deal in college football. Yeah, they uh, they definitely influence a lot of different things like recruiting. They have a major uh, yeah, major definitely. like thing in that. Yeah. Um. I, if I had to bet, I would say Urban comes back. That yeah, that would be my bet. And I I think the Buckeyes would be would be fine without him, but having Urban 
certainly helps. It will, yeah, it would be a huge blow to Ohio State I, if they lost him. Yeah, it would be. And and Urban is probably the second best college football coach behind Saban, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, let's uh, shift gears here. We're let's talk about this is kind of old news. This is sort of from the last week or so. Uh, but Donald Trump's tweet about LeBron James talking about like LeBron did a interview with CNN talking about his new school and Donald Trump kind of blasted it and said it's very difficult to make LeBron look look smart. And I thought that was just a very childish and childish and immature tweet i don't know what your thoughts were on it but he said lebron james was just interviewed by the dumbest man on television don lemon he made lebron look smart which isn't easy to do i like mike and a couple days ago michael jordan came out and he said i like what lebron's doing for the community and everything so he didn't take a shot at trump but he kind of did right yeah he he had the opportunity to be like what LeBron's doing is like amazing, and yeah, because just... it is. I mean, like he's giving kids—I don't know how many kids it is, but it's a lot. He's giving them free schooling for this this school, and then everyone that graduates gets free tuition at Akron University. Yeah, that and that's awesome. And then, like, he's helping out the parents too. There's like a food pantry and. There's job placement services for the parents, too. Like, he's doing a lot. And and all of this is his own money, too. Like, yeah, this is... It's, it's, it's pretty incredible. Like, th- like, LeBron is easily, right now, the most influential athlete and maybe person in the world. And he's certainly one of the most influential people of all time. Oh, without a doubt. And... For, for Trump to even say something like that, it's just, it's just incredibly childish. Yeah. I, and, and I don't get how he's able to, like, to tweet like he does. Yeah, someone needs to take whatever he tweet off of away from him because he is on his phone entirely too much. Like, it's, it's almost like he spends more time on Twitter than in the Oval Office. I mean... Well, he... Probably in office on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, like instead of like like approving bills and stuff like that and laws, he's actually paying attention to what's going on in the United States, he's just on he's Twitter, on Twitter. Yeah. trying to roast LeBron. He, he's he's like a teenage girl on Twitter. <laughs> it's 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 crazy, and yeah, I and some of the stuff, some of the other stuff he does. Like, I don't want to get into all political stuff, but, like, like the National Anthem thing, that's that's a whole other discussion we could talk about for hours. I, mean, I just, yeah, I wish that he would let the NFL, like, internally handle that instead of him. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's an NFL issue. It's not a, it's become a world issue or a country issue now because yeah. of Trump, I think. And it's become more of a war between Trump and the players than it has been about, you know, protesting. And yeah, I, 
He yeah. he sees them protesting, but he I don't when when he says something about it, it reflects on like the protests as if they're just protesting the anthem, right? And, like the and military. No, it's like it's social not, injustice and right. And I don't get what people don't get about that. Like, it's been said many times, it's not protesting the anthem, it's not protesting against the military. It's about police brutality and social injustice and racism and all that kind of stuff. And And the people that try to just, like, comment on it, like, based on what they see, they, like, don't take the time to understand, like, what it's for. Exactly. If if people, I think, were just – and I'm not saying people aren't educated, but if they just educated themselves on this particular issue and actually we're understood – And they were like, just like open-minded to different things and – Right. If they actually understood what was being protested and why and and everything, I think this would be a – like actually a pretty, a pretty good uh, thing, you know? Yeah. But it's 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 looked upon so negatively that you know it's I don't know. The president put pressure on the commissioner of a football league to get a policy to where they either come out of the locker room and stand instead of doing what they want and doing what they stand for, or he that's they have to stay in the locker room until the anthem's over, then they come out. That's what it's come to. And and it and it shouldn't be that way. No. Because essentially player. essentially you're treating them as if they're not Americans. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you're just giving them two options. Like the athletes have a platform they should be allowed to use in either way they want. And like people people say that um like they shouldn't use the anthem as a uh, as a place to protest, but the thing about protest is they have to be uncomfortable for them yeah. to be protest. Like if it they're has not to make un- people uncomfortable for them to pay attention to it, right? If it's not uncomfortable, then essentially it's just like a meeting and you're just talking about it. Like it has to be uncomfortable for it to actually work and be a protest. Yeah. All right, let's let's stop talking about this. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, we can literally we can literally talk about this for hours. So yeah, we, let's shift gears. Um, um, do you want to do record predictions for the NFL for the two different divisions that we talked about? Uh, we can do that. Yeah, we can. Since well, we're just on topic of the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Let's do. Yeah, I've got a lot of notes here. I'm just looking through. Yeah, let's do some uh, NFL record predictions. I already did the AFC North, the AFC uh, East, and the AFC South. So uh, let's do the AFC West and the NFC North. Which division do you want to do? Um, it doesn't matter to me. Um. Well, since I I've been doing all AFC, I'll take the AFC West, and then you can do uh, NFC North. That sounds good to me. All right. Um, 
I guess I'll start. Uh, let's see. We got the. This is arguably the AFC West is arguably the most competitive division in the NFL. Oh, without yeah, exactly. I, I agree like 100%. that. Like that division, it's it's usually between the Raiders, Chiefs, and Chargers. Like every and the Broncos are sometimes they they're up there too. Like it's it's really a dogfight up until the end of the season until one of them eventually comes out on top. Hmm. Um, yeah, but who won, a, who won the division last year? Chiefs did. The Chiefs and, were really good last year, actually. And that division's like the Browns, the Bengals. This no, right? Which I'm confused. What? What? Who's all in the AFC North again? Oh, I'm. I said you were gonna do the NFC North. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. I already okay. did. I already did the AFC North, but uh, for AFC West, I like the Chargers to win the division. I think, uh, and I did a segment last week, the Ford Food Chain, and I had them, I think, as my fourth best roster in the NFL because I think their secondary is terrific. They drafted Derwin James. They have Casey Hayward. Jason Everett did get injured, and but they have. And I also think they have the best pass rush in the NFL with Melvin oh, Ingram and, and Bosa. Joey Bosa's an animal. And then on the offensive side of the ball, Melvin Ingram is – or Melvin Ingram. Sorry, Melvin, Melvin Gordon, Gordon is great. Yeah, Melvin Gordon's great. Phillip Rivers, when he's hot, he is unstoppable. Keenan Allen's coming back off of injury. Keenan Plus Allen Mike is back. And- yeah, exactly. And they and they reworked their offensive line. I think they have a real legitimate uh, shot at making a deep playoff run this year. So I have them winning the division. I'll put them at twelve and four. Um, right below them, I'll I'm gonna put the Kansas City Chiefs below them, and I'll put them at nine and seven. They've got a lot of talent, but the only thing is, I don't. We don't know what Patrick Mahomes is. And until we know that, I'm gonna put them at nine and seven just based on talent alone. Because offensively, they've probably got the most weapons, like, out of any team. They've got a star tight end, a speed receiver, and a really really good running back who is coming off a great rookie year. So I I like their team. It's just a matter of how good Mahomes is. If so I'll he, put them nine and seven. I would say if he could put up stats a little, like a little bit below of what Alex Smith would do. Yeah. Then I could see them winning that division. I I can yeah because the, I'm just putting him at nine and seven just based on talent. But since I don't know how good he is, you know we don't know. He is a gunslinger. Exactly, yeah. He, he's a gunslinger. He's probably going to throw a lot of picks. But the upside is, like, insane. He's got a <laughs> cannon for an arm, too. So, like, like Mahomes is going to have – he's got a great coach in Andy Reid, and then he's got all these weapons. So he'll be able to ease into things. It's not like he's going to have to manufacture offense on his own. Right. So, like, if he – if he doesn't succeed in any capacity, I'll be surprised, and he'll obviously not be the guy going forward. Yeah, 
but who else would they play though? That's I mean, that's true. Like they're stuck with him this season, obviously. But I think it would prove that they shouldn't have gotten rid of Alex Smith. Yeah, he uh, he's like the most like the best average quarterback I can think of. He like he is really good actually. He is and he's really efficient. Like he doesn't throw interceptions. No, not at all. Like. I could argue that Washington actually improved at quarterback by getting Alex Smith. Yeah, plus... Would, the, like, uh, would you agree? Yeah, because I'd probably say he's better than Kirk Cousins. I, like, I, th- I actually think he is. And also, Alex Smith worked with Vernon Davis in San Francisco, too. Yeah, like, Alex Smith has won everywhere he's been to. He won in San Francisco, he's won in Kansas City, and... I don't want him to win in Washington because he's in the Cowboys division, but mm-hmm. I'm sure he's going to win some games. So, like, he's he's always good wherever he goes. For sure. For sure. And um, then the Raiders. I don't know if I like the Raiders this year. Derek Carr's back healthy, but I don't know if I like John Gruden as their head coach. I, I've, it's, it feels like... It's almost like like getting back together with the ex-girlfriend you know you shouldn't get back together with. You know what I mean? <laughs> and at, yeah. I don't know. And I don't really remember John Gruden as a coach before. I know it's been yeah, probably we were... a solid – it's been a solid, what, 15 years maybe? 10, 15 years? Yeah, we weren't that very coached. old when uh, yeah. he was coaching, so – I have no remote idea, but all I, I know he, is he, that I was going to say the Raiders have really good receivers and Amari Cooper. They signed Jordy Nelson. Yeah. Uh, they brought back Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. Uh, Beast mode back. Car is healthy. I mean, I think they'll be all right. I'm, but I'm going to put them below the chiefs and I'm going to call them eight and eight. Um, that seems like a, then, fair, like a fair uh, projection. And then the Broncos. Uh, I I do like Case Keenum a lot. I I think Case Keenum is actually a pretty good quarterback. It's just that I don't know how good the talent around him is. They don't really have a running back because they got rid of C.J. Anderson. Right. And then they, they do have Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, but that's pretty much it. And then defensively, they're kind of aging. Juan Miller's getting up there. They did get rid of Aqib Tlaib, who was pretty old. But I, I'm going to put them at 7-9 and nine, right behind uh, the Raiders. You, so think the, that you think they'll win seven games? I think, they're, I think Case Keenum is going to do them some good. Case Keenum, I think, is a legit quarterback. I feel like people undervalue him. I, people think I think people think he was a product of his environment in Minnesota, mm-hmm. which I mean could partially be. I think everybody's a product of their environment, um, but I, I actually think he is like severely undervalued. Yeah, I was talking to one of my friends from school, and they said that. 
Keenum would be like the third best QB the Broncos have had in like recent memory, and I was I was thinking like he's definitely the second behind Peyton. Who who else have they even had? Uh, Trevor like, Simeon. I mean, he's not better than he, Trevor Simeon's not better than Keenum. No. Uh, Osweiler's certainly not better than Keenum. That uh, they. Uh, Paxton Lynch has played like one game. Like if you can name the other quarterback who would be above Keenum, would would it be Tebow? Maybe. <laughs> Tebow was Tebow. good for a stretch. Kyle Orton didn't he play for the Broncos? Yeah, he, I think <laughs> so. Yeah, like I think Keenum is certainly second best. Right. Um, yeah, that's that is the AFC West record predictions. Now we'll move over to you for the NFC North. So the team that I think is going to finish dead last will be the Bears. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay, that's not what I was expecting. Mitch Trubisky, he got a year under his belt. I still feel like. He has a lot to improve on. Okay, yeah. But offensively, who they're running back? Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard. He kind of fell off toward the end of the season. Yeah, he did a little bit. So I don't maybe if I could like uh, limit his carries. Throughout the first half of the year, maybe to like in the second half, yeah, maybe yeah, like, in the second half he could finish and they could make a push for the playoffs. Um, their defense though, kind of shaky. It's it's young, it's a young defense. I think it's decent, but it's certainly not like top ten, top half. I don't even know if it's top half of the league. In comparison to like the Packers and the Vikings, it's it's not even close. Yeah, uh, they did improve at receiver though in tight end. They did get Allen Robinson and Taylor Gabriel, and they added Trey Burton from Philadelphia. So I think their offense is going to be better. Allen Robinson did he tear his ACL or? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, he was out all last year. So, we don't know how that could factor in how he plays this year. Yeah, definitely. Taylor Gabriel, he's pretty good for the Falcons. Um, Their offensive line, I think, is actually one of the top offensive lines in the league. So, that certainly will help him out, too. Yeah, that'll, that'll help Trubisky a lot. Maybe that... Stops him from being pressured more and like yeah. allows him more time to make the correct reads and throws or when he goes through his uh goes through his like transgressions and stuff right um the third place team I'd say is the lions yeah i I actually was thinking of flip flop in the lions and the bears, but this is all you, so continue um. Matt Stafford has a cannon. He does. They lost Calvin Johnson. Uh, they lost him like five years ago, pal. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yikes. Yeah, they, I mean, they're like mediocre, like all the time. Do they still have theoretic? I think so. Yeah, they don't really have good running backs. I'd say theoretic was more of a receiving back. I thought. Uh, I can't think of who the other guy was they had. Uh, He's also like sort of a receiving back. Amir Abdullah. Yeah. That's his name. Uh, Ebron. He could be a good tight end. He drops a lot of passes. Um, their defense, though, they got... Is it Darius Slay? Yeah, Darius Slay is their best defensive player, probably. Best is one of the best corners in the league. So, I don't know. I I would just say that they have a better chance of winning more games than the Bears. Just, just based be- on experience. Yeah, just because Stafford's been in the league for a really long time. Yeah. I yeah. Okay. I'm on. I'm on board now. I think you can. You convince me. To flip flop, you got me on board. Uh, now I'd this say is interesting. The Packers. Where... Okay, all right, yeah. Because I say the the top two teams is kind of interesting because they're both pretty good. I would definitely say the Packers are a little like a like a tier below the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Like obviously the Packers have probably one of the top four quarterbacks of all time you think Rodgers is a top four all-time quarterback Rodgers is pretty I, he, like... he's really talented and he's probably the best in the league right now but all time that's a mm. hot take that's a that's a real hot take I like what he does Obviously. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> if you haven't rated that high, but I'll, I'll let you continue. Go ahead. There was a thing that was being reported, not yesterday, but the day before, how he was ripping into his receivers. Yeah. Because they were like lackadaisical, like throughout yeah, the, I saw not that. knowing the plays and things like that. And that shows to me that like he's like really like focused on this year yeah i i would agree with that he's always seemed kind of passive aggressive and this year he kind of seems like hyper aggressive um they don't have much offensively besides Devonte adams like they did add jimmy graham Devonte adams jimmy graham is that running backs like Ty Montgomery? Yeah, it's it's really a committee. It's like Montgomery, uh, the uh, the Jamal, what's his name, Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. Right, like they were kind of just picking people off the street and throwing them at running back last year. Yeah, they don't have a good running game. And. Their defense, I mean, it wasn't too good. No, it wasn't. Like, every game, 
Rodgers had to throw for like 350, 400 yards and just yeah. out, outgun him to try to win. The, yeah, their their secondary last year especially was like really bad. Like, and they were very injury prone. They did draft a few guys though who are who are pretty decent. So I think things are looking up for them, but I don't think they're going to be good right away. And then the Vikings, number one. Vi- yeah, Vikings are loaded. Stephon Diggs, Thielen, Kyle Rudolph. They get Dalvin Cook returning. Oh, yeah. The, uh, they retain McKinnon? No, McKinnon left for uh, for San Francisco. But they do have Latavius Murray. Well, Latavius Murray and Dalvin Cook is running backs. That receiving core. I... I, they would be my lock to win the division. Um, I yeah, I agree with you. But the defense, like you don't even have to talk about the defense. Obviously, their their defense, I think, like outside of Jacksonville, is the best defense in in the NFL. Yeah, because they they are loaded defense. They are, and they're loaded for years to come too. It's not like these guys are on one-year deals or whatever. Like th- these guys are signed through like 2020, 2021. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I do like their roster a lot. And I actually rated them, I think, as my second best roster uh, in the league. So it'll definitely be a toss-up between the Vikings and the Packers, but I, I'd say that the Vikings win yeah, that division. I, I, I agree with you. By about two or three games, probably. Yeah, I agree. What like records wise? What do you think each team will have as a record? I would say Minnesota goes twelve and four. Okay. Um, I could see the Packers going like ten and six. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Lions probably like seven and nine. Okay. And then the Bears, 4 and 12. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that's, that's pretty pretty solid, actually. Because you, really, you actually really flip-flopped me on the Bears and Lions there. Because the first four games for the Bears is the Packers, the Seahawks, the Cardinals, and the Buccaneers. Yeah. I I could maybe see them winning the Buccaneers game. Uh they they're not winning the Vikings game. Uh Seahawks Seahawks are on a down a downside or a down a down portion right now, so maybe they could squeak that one out. And then what'd you say, Arizona? Mm-hmm. I th- depends on who's at quarterback. If Rosen's at quarterback, I think they have a chance because he's young and inexperienced. Right. But if Bradford's playing, Bradford's a veteran, and when when Bradford's healthy, he's actually pretty decent. So that's kind of a toss-up. But yeah, that's kind of a rough schedule. Yeah, I maybe five. I just yeah. Hmm. All right, 
let's uh, let's shift gears. Uh, another big talk in the NFL offseason is some of these contract disputes uh, with guys like Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack, and Odell Beckham. Um, I want to ask you, out of those three guys, which one do you think deserves an extension the most? Aaron Donald. Really? Aaron Donald without a doubt. Why? To me, Aaron Donald's the best defensive player in the NFL. I, w- I would definitely agree with that. I have said that on this show I don't know how many times. He anchors the Rams. The, he's held it down for three, four years. Just He just had it. He's just so dominant. He requires double teams and like almost triple teams at times to yeah. even remotely try to block him. He is he's a beast. He is so good. The only like I would agree with you if Odell Beckham wasn't in this conversation though, and I'm gonna explain why. Because I actually I actually would have said Aaron Donald, but until I saw this I don't know what show I was watching, but it made a ton of sense. And basically, this league has become a passing league now. And we have this new catch rule that, like, all those 50-50 balls that would have been called incomplete, mm-hmm. most of those are going to be called complete now. And he does with, catch it? He caught it. Let's, <laughs> let's be honest. Uh, but... And then the helmet rule, which limits, you know, defensive players. Right. I think that's going to help receivers too because you can't have the hits on defensive defenseless receivers and stuff. I think that's going to help receivers too. So I think, I think like NFL owners have have wanted to lock these receivers up. Like that's why you see Brandon Cooks getting a huge extension. Stephon Diggs got a huge extension. So I think, I think there is a like I think you have to lock up your star wide receiver if you have one. You know what I mean? Yeah, I could agree. I, because I think with those two rules, I think offense next year in the NFL is going to be way up in production. Plus, like you think of the Giants, you think of like Odell. And yeah, like that's the, the catch f- he had. Like that's like and, the first thought that's in your head. So if you lose exactly, him, you lose a lot of you lose a lot of like your neck your name brand guy right and they're, they're essentially a terrible team i think without him i think if you take odell off the field you're not winning any games not unless Sa- saquon just like, right is like zeke but like on roids like yeah. But I, I think Odell is a very big uh, part to the Giants' success, and that's why I think Odell deserves it the most out of those three at this current time. Like, if you would have – maybe last year, if you had asked me this question, I would have said Aaron Donald. Yeah, I, uh, I can see that. Like, I can see what you're coming from. Um, and then there's there's also talks that not necessarily Odell, but that Khalil Mack and I also saw Aaron Donald that they could possibly be traded. 
if they don't reach new deals. I read so, uh, today that Khalil Mack to the Jets might happen. I did see that. I didn't read it, but I did see that title to a story that Khalil Mack could join the Jets. And the Jets already actually have a a, a young defense that's actually pretty decent, and Khalil Mack would be a freak with the Jets. This story said Mack current, isn't currently on the market or the Raiders haven't made it publicly known, but if he continues the holdout and the Raiders come to believe he truly won't play without seeing a long-term deal, then a trade could come into play. So I th- You have to re-sign him. You have to, without a like, doubt. Like he is one of the best linebackers in the league. You have to, to sign him back. Dude is an absolute animal. And it's, I think this is on John Gruden. John, I, it's been reported that he hasn't even talked to Cleo Mack since he's joined the team. Like, Easy cow. I that's what I saw. I don't know if that's one hundred percent true, but if that is, if that's true, this is all on John Gruden. John Gruden needs to talk to his players. That yeah, because and especially think- especially one with as high caliber as Cleo Mack. Yeah, Gruden's at the head of the helm. You'd think he'd try to get everyone like on the same page and right be the middleman between the players and the front office. And Gruden really, he seems like a player's coach. He seems like a guy that can really like fire up the players and be and be kind of relatable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So to see this, it's just kind of perplexing to me, but. He needs to. They they have to resign Mac because their yeah, defense would, their de, their defense is bad. But if you take Cleo Mac, that's probably the worst defense in the it, league. It goes from bad to horrendous. Yeah, it's it's awful. <laughs> um, I was gonna say, speaking of deals, where do you think Dez is gonna go? Gosh, right now I'm thinking it's Cleveland. That's really I that's the only team that's talking to him. And I did see on Twitter earlier that Dez is going to visit uh the Browns in the next few days. I think I think Cleveland is where he's gonna go. I, no one else has talked to him. I saw a report. Well not a report, more or less just an article. And it said Dez's path to the Patriots is cleared now that Malcolm Mitchell is cut. Yeah. Uh, Bill Belichick's not into all those animated characters, so... It makes sense. Because it does. It makes sense, yeah. As a pure football standpoint, you gotta think of Dez's perspective. He gets to work with Brady. Right. He gets to work with Belichick. Mm-hmm. He would definitely be the team's number one option. Oh, for sure. Well, Until Edelman with, gets back. What about Gronk? Well, okay. Uh, receiving, like receivers. Based okay, off, okay, like, okay. Just receivers. Right, okay. Obviously, Gronk's number one. Then I'd probably say Brady would rely on Edelman a little more than Dez until Dez earned his trust. And right. then And then Dez would be two. Edelman would be three. And I think... 
if like Brady makes receiver like Brady actually makes receivers like Brady could literally pull a receiver like just pull fans from the stands <laughs> and go play and they would be good receivers like nobody's ever heard of Chris Hogan until he was on the Patriots and played with Brady well, now he's and a legitimate productive he's, yeah, wide he's, receiver he's a legitimate receiver yeah and like Danny Amendola was okay when he was with the Rams but he turned into a viable slot receiver when he went to to New England. Yeah. I I would hope to see Dez come to New England just because Brady needs as much help as he can get. Right. Because he lost uh, he lost Amendola. Yeah, he's he losing, did lose Amendola. He's losing Edelman for the first four games. Right. So, Dez, come on, man. Nothing's stopping you. Do you think Dez would, like, like once he learns the offense, obviously, do you think he could actually return to his, like, peak form or close to it? Yeah, because they wouldn't ask too much of him. So he he could get comfortable in the system. He might not have been completely healthy last year. Maybe, yeah, maybe not. So, like, limited targets until he feels comfortable enough to work to get him boosted. Mm-hmm. I could see him going back to his peak prime days. And I think Dez needs, like, a veteran quarterback. Like, that's why, like, Tony was so good with with Dez because he was a veteran quarterback and he knew where Dez needed the ball. Right. Dak Dak's a baby, so he doesn't he didn't he doesn't quite know Dez's tendencies, I don't think, and, and know where he needs the ball. So I don't think that's why I, that's why it didn't work out, I think. I was going to say uh Tony like had the job security to where he could take like bombs down the field. Yeah, yeah. Romo was a gunslinger. He like, was. It, Dak was probably feeling pressure to just make the right play instead of going for touchdown plays. Right. So he yeah, also wouldn't throw it downfield as much, like down downfield as much. Yeah, like Dak doesn't like to push the envelope, but like he like he likes to make the smart play. But Romo at times was a little too eager to make the big play. Mm-hmm. And and I actually think, like, remember the NFC playoffs when that Dez catch, didn't catch it, whatever. When he didn't catch it? Right. Okay, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but, uh, like, it was a fourth and two. I remember watching it. It was a fourth and two, and Romo threw up, a like, a 30-yard bomb to Dez, and I was thinking, like, like in the moment, I was thinking, like, why would you throw that far down the field? Unless he's wide open, of course. Why would you throw that down the field on a fourth and two when you can hit like Witten for like five yards or Beasley or something. Like, take the safe bet. But like Roma always liked to kind of feed his guy dead. <laughs> yeah, and it was scary. I uh, could not have handled that as a fan. I would have. Oh, like when he threw crazy. it. When he when he threw it, I was like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" And when he when he caught it initially, 
If you hear beeping, that's... Sorry to everyone, that's my smoke alarm. I don't know what's going on there. Someone must be cooking <laughs> something. Um, but, like, when he threw that up, and then when they said it was a catch on the field initially, like, I was freaking out. You know, I was so excited. And then they went and reviewed it and stuff, and I'm thinking, like, oh, that's a catch. You can't see where the ball hit the ground, and they said incomplete. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, really? I actually cried. I'm not going to lie to you. I cried because I knew it was over. You cried. I did cry. I'm a you, passionate. You, I am a passionate fan. You wept over it's a called, football game you had no control over. It's called passion. You don't know, man. I you, I do know. I do you're, know. You're a Patriots fan, so you've had your I do know Super Bowls. I cried I've, last I've, year during the Super Bowl when they lost. I, see, thank you. All right, then. it's you, a Super you, Bowl. Okay, the playoffs is. A step below the Super Bowl. Uh, it's a it's one uh, step below. The second the second game in the playoffs isn't as big of a deal as the Super okay, Bowl. Okay, it's not as big of a deal, but in the when moment, it's the biggest game of the year. Gets strip sacked in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. You cry. That's what yeah, happens. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would cry too. I'm just saying, you know. Like, essentially, when you're in the playoffs, each playoff game, like, is the Super Bowl. In the moment, it is the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? To an extent, yeah. Like, because it's survive in advance. you got to win to keep going. Man, you'd be a really good coach. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Um, uh, But... Okay, back to Dez. We kind of got off off track. Um, <laughs> like, where do you think he? Where do you? Where do you think he goes? Uh, the Browns would be a really good fit because they got rid of Corey Coleman. Um, yeah, yeah, they did. So he could fit in like the teams like like remote number one option yeah because you got landry and gordon and i think landry's the number one but yeah so too he i see him like being more productive than josh gordon i'm not i'm not sure if necessarily he'd be more like productive but i think he's gonna be the most consistent and he's like he's he's like a a security blanket as a receiver. Yeah. Like, like Josh, Josh Gordon's more explosive, but Landry is more consistent. I could see him going to the Browns. Hopefully he thinks about new England. And if he wanted to win another Super Bowl, if he wanted to win one, he could just go. I mean, yeah, I would, you're not going to really find a better place to do that than there. But, I don't really know who, like, what's all been reported, like, who he's spoken to. Yeah, I don't know either. As far but, as I know, it's the Browns. But if, say, he went to the Eagles? No thanks. <laughs> um, I could see that. Yeah, I could I, I could see that, too. Maybe the, the, the Giants, too. I know the Giants were talked about, like, 
right after he was released, he was it was talked about with the Giants, but I don't know. I would like to think he's going to be signed before the regular season starts. You would hope before during preseason, so you can I mean, get some reps with him. He's a talented receiver. It's not like he's like completely washed. He's still got something. Oh yeah. I mean, this guy is still probably a top fifteen receiver. At best, like I, I, I think top fifteen, like in the ten to fifteen range, I think that's where Des uh, he fits. Are you taking Michael Crabtree or Des Bryant? That's tough. Uh, over the last couple of years, Crabtree's been better, so I'll take Crabtree. Now, would you say Crabtree's a top 15? Probably. Okay. Yeah, I would say Crabtree's top 15. I mean, I don't I don't have a list of receivers in front of me, so that's, that's something for another day, I guess. But... Um... Let's see here. What's next on the agenda? Okay, so obviously we've got preseason going on, so we're seeing a lot of these rookie quarterbacks for the first time. Um, when, Basically, I want to ask the question, when will each rookie quarterback start this season, if at all? And I'm going to start with Baker Mayfield. So when do you think he's going to start, if at all? I don't see him starting a regular season game unless Tyrod gets hurt. Really? So, like, even if they're like, let's say they're like one and three to start the season, you don't think they're going to put in Baker? No. So, I mean, I think it'd be smart to. Oh yeah, I sit would. him the whole year. It would. It would be smart to sit him the whole year because he can learn behind. Tyrod, who's Tyrod's actually a pretty decent quarterback, and he can learn for a year. I think it'd be smart to sit him, but I don't think that's going to happen. If I were the Browns, I would probably wait until week seven, week eight, to throw him in, just because yeah. he is—he's like kind of more adjusted to the NFL than not. Right, yeah. So he would be more comfortable taking snaps and starting. Yeah, I, I Tyrod's definitely starting the season. But I think if the Browns start out like 1 and 3, 1 and 4, I think that's when you're going to see Baker. But I if he's going to start at all, I think it should they should wait until like the back half of the season. Yeah, that's if the season's like a wash, then he'll start. Like, yeah, because you got to get him. You, you got to get him some reps. But like, say they're like seven and seven, I I don't see him starting. Like, yeah. I mean, like, we'll see. They play the Browns. Play. Dude, they got a tough schedule this year. They they do. I have I have seen it. Wow. It's it's rough. It is a it's a rough one. Good lord. For as bad as like I thought the rec like 
the schedules kind of went like the worse you were, the easier the schedule. But like they legit have like a top ten schedule <laughs> this year in terms of difficulty. It goes Steelers, Saints, Jets, Raiders, Ravens, Chargers, Buccaneers, Steelers, Chiefs, Falcons, thereby Bengals, Texans, Panthers, Broncos, Bengals, Ravens. Yikes. Like dude. That's a that's rough. Like I predicted them at six and ten, but that was I don't think I looked at the schedule, and or maybe it was five and eleven. They might win less than that, honestly, with that schedule. I could see them beating the Jets. Yeah, the Bengals both times. Um, Ravens. The Ravens maybe once Ravens maybe yeah split the Ravens probably beat the Broncos. Um, that's that's max. What about Buccaneers? Uh, I think they could beat the Bucks. I feel like that game's a toss up. Yeah. Six five six games. Yeah. But then you never know. They might just come out. And just stomp the Steelers and the Saints and have the utmost confidence, and then good one. That's a good joke. Stomp the the stomp the Saints. He ain't stomping the Saints. Saints are good, man. Um, you never know. I mean, you never do know. It's the NFL. But all right, what about Josh Rosen? When do you think he will start? Uh, he probably starts right off the rip. Really? He's listed as number two right now, but that's going into preseason, and that can obviously change. Um, I think Sam Bradford will start the season, but it's just a matter of when Bradford gets hurt. Like, if he gets hurt, like, week two, then you're going to see Rosen. I I think they're going to keep Bradford in until he gets hurt. I can see that. It's like the same scenario with the Browns. Yeah. But, like, this one is, like, it's not really an if. Like, Bradford is, like, 99% (laughs) almost to get hurt. 100% guaranteed. Yeah. Shoulder fracture. Something stupid like that. Hyperextended knee or. Yeah, Yeah, that dude is a walking. Piece of glass. Yeah, yeah, you're like, right. He has glass for bones. Oh, um, uh, go ahead. I was gonna say Lamar Jackson. I could see Lamar Jackson starting. Mm, see, like to me, they all would start under the same scenario at where the dude above him gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Maybe Darnold, besides Darnold. Right. Sam Darnold probably starts the season off. I think so, yeah. I think. I uh, would... I, Lamar Jackson, I think... I think once they hit mid-season, if they're, like, around 500 or below, that's when you're going to see Lamar. Yeah. Just as, like, a like a spark to try to get something going. 
I, I can see Lamar Jackson kind of having a Deshaun Watson kind of run if he were to start. Like, Deshaun Watson was on fire last year to start the year. Mm-hmm. I can kind of see Lamar Jackson doing that. Oh, for sure. And Lamar Jackson is faster and more elusive than Watson. Doesn't have as good of a th- uh, uh, of an arm. He's not as accurate. But certainly a spark. Yeah, just to see what they got in him. Yeah. Uh, Sam Darnold, like you said, I think he's a starter week one. And they have great insurance with Bridgewater and... Oh, yeah. So, I don't think they're going to keep Bridgewater, though. They'll probably trade him. I saw an article today where there was, like, trade offers for him. And they wanted to keep him as insurance until they found the right offer. Right. Um, and then Josh Allen, I don't think we talked about Josh Allen yet. I, I think he's going to start right away, but like, he is a project like, yeah, he, uh, it's going to take some time with him. I mean, he has a really good arm and he's semi-accurate, but it's all dependent on how the Bills season goes. Yeah. Because if yeah. he, I bet if he gets like flustered from like the pressure of the fans, then he probably will start to be inefficient and start kind of forcing things in instead of like taking his time and like making the right play. Yeah. I, I can see the Bills season going very bad. Like, quickly yeah with because he he's a he's like a loose can he's got a cannon for an arm but like he's just super inaccurate like he's got extreme bust potential i think yeah he uh he's like the trey young of the nfl he's like he's like jamarcus russell when he was drafted like, Russell had this huge cannon, and he was great in college, but then, like, comes into the NFL and can't throw, like, anything. Absolutely lays an egg. Like, he's probably the biggest draft bust in NFL history. Yeah, I, uh, he probably is, really. I mean, I can't think of anyone else who was worse. Yeah, I can't either. Either. <laughs> um. All right, and then last topic for the NFL uh, with the season coming up. That means fantasy football is rolling back around. Um, and that's always really exciting and really fun. Um, Are we doing ten dollars for our league this year? Or five? Uh, I uh, I would rather five. I think everyone else said five too, didn't they? I really want them guys to put in 10. But you got to go with majority, though. Yeah, I know. I can't just like be like... $10, $10 really puts a lot of pressure on you to draft well. I, I know, you know. That's what makes it fun. I, I mean, yeah. It's just that, like... Okay. If you, How about if this? you draft poor, like, you're screwed. All right. We all, say we all pay, and you get the first pick in our draft. Who do you take? 
Uh, I think it's a toss-up between Gurley and David Johnson. Are you serious? Uh, I I would not take Le'Veon. Maybe, okay, what? maybe I wouldn't take Le'Veon first pick. No. Oh, my. Wh- it would Dude. be... It would Dude. be either Zeke, Gurley, or David Johnson. Zeke, one of those three. Zeke weighs like 300 pounds now. He is a grizzly yeah. bear, but it's one of those three. I would take one of those three over. Uh, and that's why Le'Veon. when you get third place in our league. Hey, third place is better than last place, so I'll take <laughs> it. It's not first. I mean, oh wait, are we splitting this year? Like, is it going to be like top three gets money or is it winner take all? Because uh, we talked about it last year, but we never end up ended up doing it. I think it's just going to be winner take all. Okay, I don't know how. I don't even know if you can do that. Like, yeah, I have the site. I think the the way the the thing set up, I think it's just winner take all. Because I don't know yeah. if I can portion second and third place to get money or not. Yeah. But you really wouldn't take Le'Veon first. That's crazy. I I think I would take Dude. David Johnson first. What? It depends. Coming off, David Johnson coming off an injury. It's a wrist injury, so it's not. It's like nothing like serious. Okay, and but... and he's got literally no other like start like other than Larry Fitzgerald, who's aging, and a young quarterback. They've got nothing else. He's literally the offense. You have a motivated Le'Veon Bell, who led the Steelers in receptions, didn't he? Did he have think, more than I think Brown? AB did. I think AB had the most. Okay. But it but was close, probably. he has probably. better hands than most receivers in the NFL. You're right. I mean, yeah, you're right. You're probably right. the most versatile back in the NFL. In the NFL. He's got the most unique play style, too, with his patience. And he's in a contract year. So I mean, yeah, you're right. He's playing for his next deal. He's probably won't slack at all. Plus, it's either AB or him. Well, he AB had, I think's locked up long term, so I I think he's still got a couple years left. So I think it's gonna be AB. No, I mean like the offense. It's either AB oh. or Le'Veon. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's kind of why I wouldn't take Le'Veon is because I know Antonio is going to get a lot of touches too. So that's why I'm kind of like leaning towards the, those other three backs because they're going to be featured more. You know what that I mean? That is crazy to me. I mean, yeah. it's not like, I'm not saying like that I would avoid Le'Veon at all costs. Like if I'm sitting there at like the third pick or fourth pick and Le'Veon's available, I'm obviously going to take Le'Veon Bell. It's not like I'm trying to avoid him. It's just if I had a choice, I'd probably take one of those other three. Couldn't be me. Could not be me. But if I if I, I maybe I would take Le'Veon over over Zeke. But <laughs> I like how you say maybe. Like yeah, I mean <laughs> you're I'm nuts. Serious. You are nuts. Okay, whatever. All right, fine. <laughs> whatever. You're crazy. That's just that's just my that's just the feelings I have this year. That's just what I feel like. I would take. Who knows? I would take Who? AB over Zeke. Really? Yeah. You would take him? Really? So yes. if you were, so say you're sitting at like, uh, pick number, yeah, say pick number two, you can have. I think Zeke's ranked second. You have Zeke, 
and then like David Johnson and Gurley, and then you have A B sitting there at five. Who are you taking then? I have a choice between A B and Gurley. Well, and Johnson and Zeke, I guess, because uh, I said second pick. Probably Todd Gurley. If you're sitting at four and it's Zeke or A B, who are you taking? A B. Okay. Okay. Well. <laughs> Without a doubt, A.B. I don't second-guess okay. myself. All right. Um, I did a couple mock drafts. Well, I did more than a couple mock drafts. But, like... Hey, who was going just, number one in those in the mock drafts? Most of them is Le'Veon, but that's okay. not what I'm getting at here. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, just, I just wanted to... I just wanted to know. <laughs> um... But I think I would rather a pick later in the first round than earlier in the first round. Because, like, there's still some decent running backs at the end of the first round. And then once you hit the second round, it's, like, Julio and DeAndre Hopkins and Odell and, like, Keenan Allen and Michael Thomas. Like, it's literally the second round is loaded with receivers. It's, like, like exclusively receivers for, like, the second and third round. It's crazy. Yeah. So, like, you can get a guy, like, Kareem Hunt or like Melvin Gordon like at pick nine and then depending on how many teams are in your league like once you get early in the second round you can get like Odell right like that's a I I like that a lot better than like having Le'Veon and then like like a good receiver but it's not like a superstar receiver you know it's like Maybe like Adam Thielen or something with Devontae Adams, which are they're good receivers. I would I would kill to have Le'Veon and Adam Thielen. So Le'Veon and Adam Thielen or Odell and Melvin Gordon. Well, obviously Odell is better than Thielen. Right. It's just But the, I'm just saying that's the like, that's a more realistic be- pairing. The difference between Le'Veon and Melvin Gordon. Because Melvin Gordon got hurt last year, didn't he? Or was he that two years have. ago? Was that two years I think ago? It was, it was, no. I think it was two years ago. Yeah, well, uh, I'd still pick Le'Veon and Thielen. Le'Veon to me is like the LeBron of fantasy. And you just don't not pick him. Mm-hmm. But, differing opinions, I guess. Even though yeah, one might one I mean, might be wrong. Stop. <laughs> you can't say it like it's in a like differing opinions and then say you're wrong. Um, I mean the president does. Alright. So I, that I think that wraps up uh all of our NFL notes. So let's jump into the NBA. My strong suit. Uh the NBA Christmas Day matchups uh, were released a few days ago, along with uh, the opening day and um, Martin and Luther King. Mar- Mar- yeah, Martin Luther King Day. Uh, but why don't you take us through what games we have on Christmas Day? So after you open all your gifts <laughs> at, at noon, it's the Bucks and the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. You get to see Giannis. At the Mecca of basketball. Yes. You get to see the Knicks rookie, Kevin Knox. They'll most likely match up against each other. That's that's a very watchable game. That's a good test for Kevin Knox. Like, like on the surf, 
on the surface, that looks like a bad game. Right. But that's actually very watchable. Yeah, I agree. Giannis, obviously, top 10, top 7 player. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. And plus, it's the Knicks. So if, if they're bad, you get to see Giannis destroy them. Yeah, and that's that's always fun. At last time the Bucks played the Knicks, Giannis jumped over Tim Hardaway Jr. Oh so. my gosh, I remember that. Um. Uh, after the Bucks and the Knicks, it's OKC at Houston. So it's Melo against OKC. Oh yeah, team. I forgot about I forgot about Melo. Yeah, that'll it. be it. That's a that's a obviously a watchable game. I I think the Rockets will. I think the Rockets win that one. I don't know. It's, it's kind of probably be closer than you think. I think it's going to be close because I think the I think the Thunder actually got better by like getting I rid of Melo. Just about to say that. Yeah, like that they got better by getting rid of him. It's not that Melo wasn't it, like is not good. It's just he didn't fit. Yeah, they just kind of like. Took a square peg into a round hole, like <laughs> yeah, like that's, they just that's said, actually perfect. That is a perfect they said, uh, like analogy for that. Make it work, and they couldn't make it work. So, but you get the two, the last two MVPs playing against each other. Oh former, yeah, former teammates. It'll be a good game, and then after that, it's the 76ers playing at TD Garden against the Celtics. You get that's, to see that's gonna be a very good game. That uh, I feel like the NBA is trying to rekindle that rivalry because they play on Christmas, they play opening day. Yeah, they're trying to make it very hyped. I'm just saying, Ben Simmons is a coward and refuses to shoot threes. He does like that's um, my only knock on Simmons is that he can't shoot. Other other than that, he's great everywhere else. Yeah, I mean his girlfriend's Kendall Jenner. He's not. Uh, doing, yeah, he's not I mean, doing he's, too bad, dude. I'm not. I mean, he's got life going well for him. <laughs> he's really good at this life thing. So, um, Gordon Hayward, he he'll obviously be back. Boston missed him the entire year. Kyrie, hopefully, he'll be healthy. Kyrie playing yeah. in his home state of New York. It that'll probably be a really good game. Obviously, I'd pick the Celtics to win. I think the Celtics win that, too. The Celtics are, like, assuming everybody's healthy, loaded. Jason Tatum is, like, the best rookie since LeBron. All right, let's... Um, Jalen Brown's, like, Scotty Pippen. Just, let's just chill, all right? Let's just pump the brakes a little bit here. <laughs> Kyrie, Kyrie, um, okay, okay. Kyrie Irving, best handles in the NBA all time. All oh, time? Yes. Name someone who's better with the ball than Kyrie Irving. Uh, remember? Do you? The only the, the, I don't know why I just thought of this person. Do you remember Jason Williams? Obviously, used to play for the Kings. I remember yeah. who Jason Williams is. Yeah, they called him White Chocolate. That's mm-hmm. a guy that had incredible hand, handles. I don't know if he was. I don't know if he's better than Kyrie, but that's. I don't know why I just thought of him. But all time, I don't know. That's yeah. a very. I can't really think of anyone else, so sure, I'll agree with you. Whatever. Okay, I'll list them all for you. AI. 
Ooh, that's tough. Oh, oh, AI's probably better. Curry. Kyrie's better. Magic. Magic wasn't really Magic wasn't a, a dribbler. Ball angler. He he was a passer. So I'll go um, Kyrie. Chris Paul. Kyrie. Lillard. Kyrie. Jamal Crawford. It's Kyrie, I think, in against all players in the NBA today, he's he's the best one. All time. All time. Yes. I yes. would put I would put AI. No right way. Above Kyrie. No right above Kyrie. Way. Okay, whatever. AI might have crossed Michael Jordan. <laughs> but no. Kyrie. Wholeheartedly. Not even a debate. Best ball handler of all time. Alright, alright. Plus, not obviously I've spent a lot of time talking about the Celtics, but they had the best defense in the NBA last year. They throw Al Horford on Joel Embiid, and Joel Embiid like, shrinks in height to like 6'5", and refuses to guard him. Um, listen, we'll see. We'll, we'll listen, see how it goes. In the playoffs last year, Al Horford was cooking Embiid so bad, they had to switch and have Embiid guard Marcus Morris. That's, yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's how, that is how bad he was. Al and Horford Joel, is really good. He's a pro. And, pro. and Joel Embiid got runner-up in Defensive Player of the Year. So, yeah, you're. that's funny, yeah. Um. Okay, enough about the Celtics and the Sixers. After that game, it's the Lakers and Warriors at 8 p.m. at Oracle. That, that's probably the biggest game of the day. I doubt it, but um, well, it's got LeBron against the Warriors, so you got LA Bron, you got the young Lakers and Lonzo Ingram and Kuzma, assuming they're still on the roster. They're going up against obviously the NBA champs. Yeah, get the dude that pulls from half court, the seven foot shooting guard. The... <laughs> the they won't have Boogie though. Boogie won't no. be back until like February or March. But yeah, he won't be he won't be around them. But they don't need they don't even need to rush him back. There's no rush. No, that's why that signing to me was like so low cost for them. I think I want to put it that way because obviously it cost them what. Three million? Five million? Five. It was five. And they're just like, okay, come back when you want to come back. We'll be winning 60 games without you. Yeah, like, it was a really, like, I don't blame the Warriors for signing him. I Like, anytime you can go out and sign an All-Star, by all means, do it. Right. It's just, like, the fact that a player would, like, want to join a team that, like, seriously doesn't need you. Like literally, they don't need oh, you no, at all. They are both using each other, and they are both happy with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally, like, that's how it is. Boogie's using Bo- them to Boogie's reboost his a, value. He's getting a free ring, and he's going to get a a better contract next season. Uh, and then, I don't know about a free ring. Like you don't think it's a lock for them to win the title? Nope. 
maybe it's not a lock, because but it's, the, they're certainly a favorite. Like, he's going to have a great shot at a ring. The team in green coming from the East. The Celtics do, they're going to make the finals this year, and they're going to push the Warriors, but I'm just saying the Warriors have a great shot, regardless of who they play, to win a title. Oh, yeah, obviously. They're probably so, the like, favorites, he, but... He's, he's going to have a great shot to get a free ring. Yeah. And the Warriors are going to benefit from any kind of production he puts out there. Yeah, their one one weakness was rebounding and the play at center. Obviously, they don't need a center because they had Zaza and JaVale McGee starting. Right. So you throw an all-NBA potential Hall of Famer and DeMarcus Cousins in that starting lineup, and it's like... Yeah, it's... it's the freaking uh, it's, there's no words to describe it really there's no words just, to describe it it's just death the five like, all-stars in a starting lineup that team would beat the east all-stars oh yeah for sure uh, it's just remarkable um this last game yeah it's all, at all pretty 10, late actually yeah, the game that's on at ten thirty is uh, the Trailblazers at the Jazz. Well, playing at Utah versus the Jazz. Um, that's kind of a mad game. Not really interested. You've got Donovan Mitchell. You got probably a full healthy Rudy Gobert. Obviously, the backcourt of the Blazers with Lillard and McCollum. That game, not as interesting as the previous four. Probably yes, yeah, not as interesting now. Probably more interesting than the Knicks and the Bucks. Just yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. I can get on board with that. But it's not. It's just one of those like they could have thrown any other team beside the Trailblazers. Like you'd probably watch a Cavs. Jazz Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But right. Yeah, I mean those are it. Um the Martin Luther King Junior Day schedule. The Pelicans play at Memphis at five thirty. You'll have Anthony Davis playing full center at that time. Going up against Marcus Gasol, Jaron Jackson, Mike Conley, Tariq Evans. No, Tariq Evans signed for the Pacers. My fault. Yep, 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 yep. Um, but that's at 5.30. And then you have the Rockets playing at the Sixers. And Ooh, Philly that's, at that's 8 p.m. That's going to be a good game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Not bad. You have the Lakers playing the Warriors at... The Staples Center. Oh, gee, another Lakers-Warriors matchup. Ooh. At 10.30. So, you know, LeBron just can't get away from the Warriors, like, at all. No, he can't. <laughs> he's going to play them four – like, forget playing them four times in the finals. Like, he's going to play them four times in the regular season. Oh, <laughs> so. I feel so bad for that, dude. Um, And then – to close out the show, we've got one more topic, and it's the over/under for all NBA teams 
their record predictions, and that was actually just recently released not too long, like what, a couple days ago, was it? Yeah. I think it was. Um, this is being recorded on a Thursday. I think it was released on Tuesday. Yeah. Maybe, so, maybe Monday. I'm not going to go through all of them just because some of these teams, you know, we don't care about. But I'll go through uh, some of the good ones. Uh, Boston. Boston. What do you think Boston is at? Uh, I think it's at, what was it, 54? 55? 57 and a half. No, that's over, without a doubt. I would I would take the over on that. They're winning, for sure. they're winning 62 games. They're too deep to win. Just 57. Um, what? Oh, the, now this one's funny. All right. So Cleveland, how many games did Cleveland win last year? Probably in the, in the 50s? 52? 52-ish. How many, do you, how, how many do you think they have them set at for this year? I know that one. It's 30 and a half. Yeah, I might take the under on that. I might. The uh, really? Well, it's it's weird because like if Kevin Love can get back to them his normal self, then they actually have a shot maybe at like taking an eighth seed in the playoffs maybe. But if he plays like he's all he's been playing the last four years, thirty wins. Then I. I don't know, man. It's the a, Lakers last year won 34. And that's in a tough Western Conference. So, 30, if you put it in perspective like that, 30 seems like a bit under. Yeah. Because Kevin Love's an all-star. Yeah, you're right. I would probably, then, yeah, you've just changed my mind. It's, it's, I would take the over probably then. Because it's in a much weaker conference. And Colin, plus, you could have the growth of Colin Sexton. He could come right. out being great. Yeah. Then, you know, then that's a running mate with love, taking roles, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Golden State is set at... I think it's like 62, isn't it? 62 and a half. And honestly, when Brady comes take, back, I might I'm, take the over. Uh, I don't know. I'd probably if, take the under on that one. If I might, well, if they still had the same roster, I'd probably take the under because they always cruise at the end of the year. But they're going to have Boogie play to work him back into shape for the playoffs, and they're probably going to win some games if he's playing. So that's true. I could, I could see that. I just feel as if they won three out of the last four. They're all tired. Oh yeah, Jesus. they're burned. They're burnt out they're i'm gonna assume that they're just gonna try to make just coast to the playoffs like they do every year yeah but like you said with boogie coming back that might be like well we're all gonna try to play our best so when boogie's at his best we can see what we got right but i just feel as if they're all just gonna be chilling to the playoffs and then have Boogie do his thing. Yeah. Uh, Houston is set at 54.5. That'll probably I'll drop. Probably, uh, yeah, I don't think they're as good. Uh, I'd, I'd probably put them... They can. I can see them being there or a little bit under. Right. Yeah, I feel like the loss um, of Ariza and uh, Luke Mabal Mute was... 
that's like people I've I think I said that to a few people and people are like like you're crazy like they're not that great of players but like they're actually really valuable it's just they were really good defenders right and they were and there were there were 3 and D guys so you they spot you spot them up in the corner they'll knock down some threes and they're great defenders i just like Trevor Reza he was undervalued until he was he got paid and now he's probably yeah. overpaid and overvalued yeah like mellow come in mellow could come in score 17 18 a game but that's that's pretty much what he was doing in OKC but giving up 16 18 20 like right i feel like they brought Melo in just for pure, like, firepower. Like, they're feeling like they're going to try to outscore it, teams. Well, it, that, and, like, they're the... They play the most isolation ball in the league, and Melo is a isolation player. So, he's definitely going to get his touches. Yeah, because they were isoing Gerald Green and Eric... <laughs> yeah. And uh, Eric Gordon, and so... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Fifth, what is it? Fifty-four and a half. I'd probably say that honestly is kind of spot on. Probably like fifty-two. Yeah. Um. See, the Lakers are set at forty-eight and a half. I think that's a solid number. Maybe they might break fifty. I'd probably. They could break fifty. I would say that's spot on. So like. That's probably a I, little I'll, over. I'll say. F- I'll say like forty nine or fifty. It all depends on the it's, growth it's a, of the players of like Lonzo and Kuzma and Hart and Ingram yeah. and all. And it, and it and it depends on which teams like if the Rockets and the Warriors are coasting come the end of the year. Like the Lakers might be able to get some easy wins come the end of the year if teams are tanking or coasting. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. All right. Um, let's see. De- Denver. Ahead. It's 47 and a half. Holy crap. Now. Denver's at 47 and a half. Den- wow, Den- that's a lot. Denver Denver season could go oh. one of two ways. It it's either going it, like it, bad or it's good. they're going to be that good. Right. Like Isaiah and Jokic on the like court at the same time could be that could actually be really good, dude. But I forgot about Denver. They they have the two worst defenders in the NBA with Isaiah and Jokic. So it's like that, yeah, they are bad, but it it either works or it doesn't. I mean, I'd definitely take the under with that though. I would take the under as well. Yeah. Um, let's see. OKC's at 50 and a half. I'll probably, I'd take, that's probably pretty, I'd probably take the under under. on that one. Philly is at 54 and a half. I'll, I'll probably take a little bit over. 54 for Philly? Yeah. Yeah. I'd probably take a little bit. Maybe actually, no, because I forgot about Toronto. I'll put them probably a little bit under but they'll have 50 wins what's different about their team toronto philly 
Well, nothing's really different. Besides maybe a mark of whole second shoot jumper. Right. But then again. But like they they didn't really figure it out until like the end of the year last year when they won like 18 games in a row. Yeah, but during that 18 it was a bunch of tanking teams like You're right. like they'd beat yeah. Cleveland once. Like yeah, maybe right. Houston once. Cuz it was like the magic like the magic magic like Brooklyn Charlotte like it was a bunch of lottery teams but I mean right. you don't play to lose so I guess it I don't know Philly Philly, yeah. To, yeah, Philly right. to me is overrated until they're not like I feel like Ben Simmons needs to learn how to shoot threes before I call him Heck, even mid range, he needs to just learn to sh- like just shoot. Period. Like, he's a ca- if he, if he can just have a mid range jumper, that's fine. To me, he's a coward and isn't a respected basketball player until we start shooting threes. So, man, you like really take this person. I don't, don't like Ben Simmons at all, but I like Joel Embiid, so it cancels out. All right, well, and then the last team that. I really think is noteworthy on this his, list is Toronto. Ben Simmons shooting enough shooting threes because he's a coward. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Toronto's set at fifty four and a half. I might take actually a little bit over because I think they got better. Fifty four and a half is how many threes Ben Simmons is going to take in his career. <laughs> okay, man. All right, you're 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 really like beating a dead horse with that. Uh, Toronto, 54, yeah, I can see it. It depends how, uh, how motivated Kawhi plays. Cause if, well, and also, Kawhi could actually be traded midseason. We don't even know yet. That's true. That is big facts. So, I mean... Uh, it depends. We, it all depends on him. Yeah, we, yeah, we don't really know. Because Toronto but... probably had the best bench in the NBA last year. They, uh... Yeah, arguably. Kyle Lowry, you know, I mean, he might start to decline a little bit, but if Kawhi's, like, invigorated the play to, like, show people that he's, like, I'm the best two-way player in the NBA, like, I'm a, Which I am, he is. when I'm at full peak, I'm a top three player. Yeah. It's like, yeah. They're hard, they'd be hard to beat. They would be, yeah. And I think they could certainly push Boston. I think Boston beats them, but I think they're they're certainly a viable contender. Oh yeah, in the East. for sure. Um, but yeah, that that covers everything. So that's that's it for this week's show. Uh, thank you, Jordan, for for co-host co-hosting this episode with me. It was a lot of fun. Oh no problem, man. I, you know. Yeah, we 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 gotta definitely do it more. This is uh, like the third try we've tied it, like tried it. So I mean, yeah, we yeah we did we did try a few times. Um, but yeah, sir, we we definitely we'll see how how well the uh, the fans receive this, and hopefully they enjoy it when it drops. This should drop sometime tomorrow. Um, but yeah, so make sure you guys uh, rate and review this show on iTunes, uh, like and comment on SoundCloud. Show my man some love. Uh, yeah, <laughs> share this with your friends, family, everybody. People share it with everybody you know. 
I want this. Show me some. Love. I want this to get back to Ben Simmons somehow. So he knows that I don't like him until he starts shooting threes. I don't think he listens to the show. And man. when he starts shooting I'm not... threes, I'm going to say him say he's trash because he can't make them. So all right, well that's that's all the time we have for, for this week. All right, um, no, but thank you, Jordan, again for coming on. It was great. Um, I'll be back next week. So. <laughs> Alright, and thank you thank you for listening guys. It's WFS. Yep, Benson is a coward. <laughs> <laughs>